So I used to do um, security years ago at an amphitheater in Nashville. And so I got to see all the free concerts. Well, I got to see them free. They weren't free to everybody else. And I got to do like, um, so I was like, they gave you a flashlight. And if someone gets out of line, Clint, you pull out that flashlight. What you, what, what? I'll flash you. What's that going to do? You're talking Tennessee. There's a lot of country folk out there. They don't mess around. So they laugh at you when you pull out your flashlight. Anyway, it was only $7 an hour, so I just let them be. But we got to do security for NSYNC and Ted Nugent and Alanis Morissette. And, and, and um, oh, man, I lost count of all the other bands. But there was this parking lady. She was, I was only 19. She was probably like 19, and she was serious. Anybody seen Police Academy? You remember the old, the little lady? She, she put your hands up, fool. You know, she was real quiet until someone crossed her. That was like how she was, but she had a flashlight. And, and if you did not park correctly, this is to the employees now, the security people, everybody. When you're pulling in the park way before the concert starts, she, I could see her, I'll be red. I could see her Bayrach running at me in slow motion with the look of terror because I was one spot over from the one I should be. She took it really serious. Like it was kind of over the top and ridiculous. And so she didn't really have a lot of friends and she didn't really have uh, a good rapport with everybody. In fact, she was a little, you know, she was, she was kind of, she was kind of awkward and she, she made, she made um, people nervous around her because they thought they were going to get in trouble. And um, so she didn't have any friends, at least there. And by the end of the concert season, which is usually like, I think, September, they throw this party for all the employees. And we're, we're all together. And there she is. And there's like dance music and people are dancing and having fun. And I don't know what came over me. I wasn't a nice guy. But at that moment, God says, you need to go dance with her. I'm like, I don't dance with her. She's the flashlight lady. I don't want to dance with her. I don't like her. She yelled at me. She's mean. God says, she needs someone just for a minute to dance with her. So I went, I went and danced with her, and I got some looks. I got laughed at. I got teased. And I saw this woman, a young lady, change in an instant. Now, I don't know her feelings for me. This was just a plutonic gesture at that moment. But it changed everything afterwards. She lit up because someone made time for her. Someone showed her love in a very friendly way, just a kind gesture. And I'll never forget it because it wasn't something I wanted to do. And it's not about me. It's just the only thing I could think of to really nail this point that it was the right thing to do. It wasn't even about that I wanted to or not. I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And I never forgot how it changed her. And then I felt like God confirmed that really made an impact. That really did something. And so we've been on this, this four-week series. This is week two of this thing about relationships. And we talked about relationships are not just the romantic ones. They're not just a boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband or wife. They're everybody you interact with is a relationship. And so last week we touched on value, that anybody you associate with, your job, especially as a Christian, is to instill value in them, which makes them more valuable as a person, and then they make you better, and there's this like reciprocating thing there. And so this week, we're talking about the second point that healthy relationships have. We're going to go over four and four weeks, and it's not the end-all be-all of relationships, but it's four and four weeks, the most we could get in this series. 
So we talked about value, but now we're talking about another aspect that I'm going to get to in a minute. And, you know, there is no such thing as a perfect relationship, but there is integrity, which creates opportunity to be a perfect fit for the relationships you keep. It's what builds that bond we talked about last week, that, that value in the other person is when you have integrity. Integrity will cause us to do the right thing when no one is looking. Interesting. It causes us to stand up for those we care about when they need us, when they don't need us, in good times, bad times, and whether they are present in the situation or not, you have their best interest at heart no matter what. It's the voice of reason in the midst of chaos and the backbone to what we stand for and who we stand for as Christians. We have integrity. We do what's right no matter what. When it, feel good, when it feels good, when it doesn't, when we want to, when we don't, we take ourselves out of the equation and we remember the mission. So we dance with them if we have to. If that's what they need to see Jesus, we'll do that. We call them if we have to. The text isn't working. I'm gonna pick up the phone and call them this time. We look them in the eye if we have to. We show them something that they're not used to seeing and something they don't expect. And that's integrity and value in a culture that has flushed it down the toilet. In a culture that has made everything about me and everything about how I look and forgotten it's actually not about me and it's not about how I look, it's about what's in here. Because that's what God sees. Integrity. As the waves of life happen, it's undeniable. You're gonna have this. But integrity in your relationship with anybody keeps the respect high and the honor code always in check. And it creates that path for trust. Touch your neighbor, tell them trust. It creates trust. No trust, no relationship. I'm instilling value. I'm building trust. And my integrity makes me trustworthy. So the passage I'm going to use today is only two verses. It's, it's kind of long. I don't know if y'all can. Can you guys handle it? It's two it's two verses. Come on, guys, it's a joke. It's a joke. My humor is not always funny. It's, you're like, it's never funny. Why do you be humorous? <laughs> it's just, you know, I talk to myself at home too. Michelle thinks I'm wacky. Matthew 27, verse 39 through 40. This is Jesus hanging on the cross. What does this have to do with integrity? He says, and those who passed by blaspheming him, wagging their heads, saying, you could destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself if you are really the son of God. Come down from the cross. See, Jesus was different than us. He was born of the spirit. He had no earthly father by conception. He had to be to be sinless because the man carried the seed of sin through, you know, through David all the way back from the garden all the way through the tribes. And Jesus was flesh and God wrapped in one. It says the word Christ became flesh and dwelt among us and we knew him not and we beheld his glory and basically hung him on a tree and killed him. But what people don't understand is though he was fully God and capable to do anything as God, he still felt the same things we do in his flesh. So people get confused like he's bipolar, like when he cried in the garden, his flesh was weeping as a human out to the spirit that dwelleth in him, around him, and everywhere, because God can't be contained in a box. 
He's everywhere. So when he wept in the garden, he was flesh. And he still had fleshly temptations like us. He was tempted and tried like us. Because if he didn't understand us, how could we serve him? Right? So when you say God doesn't understand my problem, absolutely he does. Absolutely he does. Because when he died on the cross, when he wept in the garden, he took on the weight of sin greater than you could ever imagine. Because he took on the weight of every sin in the history of man at that time and the future. And so when he was on the cross, they're mocking him because they're saying, well, if he's God, why doesn't he come down? Because he remembered the mission and the mission takes integrity because it would have been really easy for him to say, let's just do it a different way. Let's talk it over. Let me give him a Bible study. Let's go to Starbucks. He said, no, I have to die because that's the mission and I can't compromise the integrity of what God has commissioned me to do with my life. Y'all with me? So he upheld his integrity. He could have came down, but they were blindly ignorant. And he knew that, and they didn't know that, hence ignorant. So he had to do it so they understood later because he loved them. He loved those who mocked him. He loved his enemy as himself. He loved them. So he could have came down, but integrity says, I will do what God asked me to do no matter what. Integrity keeps us doing it God's way, time And time and again, that's today's word. Last week was value. This week is integrity. And these are going to tie together to hope build healthier relationships in those you know now and those you are to come upon in the future. I think the hardest thing with having integrity in today's culture is it's not always cool for the short term high uh, short, short term, give me a quick high of friends that make me feel value, but there's really no root in those relationships. So if I, if I do the right thing, I'm the nerd. If I do the right thing, I'm the nice guy. And you know how it is. Nice guys finish last. But integrity says, I don't care what they think because eventually they'll come full circle. And being transparent is best. And culturally, it's considered a negative. Transparency is like being honest with people. It's like letting them see you for who you really are and not the social media character and that fear of transparency I imagine it's even harder for young people I remember being that age and it's really hard as a teenager into your early 20s we got some feedback going on one of the mics there tech I just when we have technical problems I just throw it out there at that age it's really hard to be transparent because you want to fit in So what happens is we say, well, everybody else is being fake and doing the duck face, so I should too. But transparency is best. Transparency is best because what really people are looking for is a leader. And followers only do what somebody else does. But leaders say, I'm going to do it the way it's supposed to be, and then they're going to follow me later. And if they don't, that's okay because I have integrity. Integrity keeps doing it God's way whether the world follows me or not. So transparency is best. And that fear, the living in that look-at-me culture uh, with the fake thing is, is not really who we are. And so that's not building depth in your relationships. That's just um, numbing them. That's just numbing them temporarily because eventually who you are will come out whether you want it to or not. Did you know what, what's in your heart? Your mouth speaks. If it, if it comes out of your mouth, that means it's in your garden. Your garden is your heart. 
And so you can only mask it on that first or second date for so long. That's why I love my wife. She was like 100% real the first date. I thought, man, she's so transparent. I don't know if I can handle this. She doesn't think I'm cool. She doesn't like my music. She doesn't like anything. She just tells me how it is. And that's why I married her, believe it or not, because she was transparent, real, genuine, authentic. And some of us are kind of in the middle. And some of us go like this. You know your garden has tilling. It goes up and down. It's not a one and done. When you have a garden, we know because we've failed our garden with our little watermelon tree, you, you have to keep on staying on the garden or eventually can grow weeds again. It's a, it's a continual tilling process. So some of us have seasons of being very transparent and bold with our faith, and then we go through the seasons of really darkness, and maybe we, we messed up, so now we, we shame ourselves and disqualify ourselves from ever coming back to God's house for six months because we, we weren't qualified, and really we're excusing ourselves or even copping out possibly because God said, if I forgive you, why can't you forgive you? And if I said walk on the water, why won't you walk on the water? So you're doubting me and not believing me, and that's a lack of faith, so I need you to believe me, and everything will be fine, but come back to God's house. Don't run because you tripped. And so we go through this, this seasons of transparent, semi-transparent. We talked about um, irrele- uh, managing the unmanaged a few weeks ago, that series where we, we hide the parts of our house we don't want people to see when they're coming over, and we make the other rooms look really good. But if they see everything, they might think different of us, and that's kind of how our life is. It's semi-transparent in certain windows of certain people. Maybe I'm going to be semi-transparent to Clint. I'm going to be fully transparent to Nate. And then my mommy, she knows everything about me, so I can't even hide from her if I wanted to. Come on, somebody. How many have mothers that know everything? Come on. We all got mommies, right? Unless, I mean, was everybody, is everybody, did someone just come down from heaven? No, no parents? <laughs> it's good to be transparent. And I'm going to get into that a little more about what I mean. I don't mean explicit in your face. I mean genuine, transparent. And Jesus knew the only way to defeat death was to stay in faith and finish the mission. That took integrity. It's not easy doing the thing against the grain. It's not easy doing the hard thing when everybody else is doing the fun thing. That's definitely not easy. That's where you test your faith. Are you putting God before everyone else? Integrity keeps us doing it God's way time and time again. And anytime you pursue anything, you will face adversity if there's value in it. That's a good thing. It's a moment to stretch yourself. And that's when you learn, do I really want this? I'll break up with them. Well, I didn't know they did that. See ya, next person. I'll break up with them. I'll go find somebody else. Well, they started being real with me after date four, and I'll break up with them. I'll go find somebody else, and I'll start over again. I'll start over again and again and again. I think that's a song. Do it again. Elevation worship. We'll just do it again. We'll just do it again. And we'll just live that way. We'll live in a very semi-transparent kind of life. If it was a, three, if it was a third day, um, three, what is it? Um, Semi-charm kind of life. What's that band? Three, uh, Third Eye Blind. Somebody knows it. Come on, give it up for Third Eye Blind. When's the last hit they had? 1996? Anyway. We're not living a semi-charm kind of life. We're living a semi-transparent kind of life. But God wants us to live a transparent life with our faith, with what's in our garden. So when I say transparent, I'm not talking about Let me tell you what you need to hear. Let me tell you about that program at your church. Based on your social media ad, let me tell you what I think from 30 miles away. Come visit us first and then tell me, can you please rejudge us? Happens all the time. 
I'm not talking about that kind of transparency. I call that explicit. I'm talking about your style of living, that your words match your lifestyle, that people know that when you're around them, you mean what you say, that when you're not around them, you still mean what you say about them. It doesn't change whether they're present. That's the kind of transparency people are starving for. They're starving for genuine authenticity, especially in God's house. We don't want it to feel political and mechanical here. We want it to feel real. You know, we're growing, we're learning, we make mistakes, but we pray that when you leave here, you go, no, that place was real. I can, I can relate to them because they were real with me. They love me in a way that they tell me their thoughts when I ask them, and they don't baby me. They tell me what I need to hear because they love me. Those people called me when I was sick. They prayed for me when I was, when I was hurt. They cared for me. That's the kind of church we want to be. As a pastor, there's this balance of how much you let people see. And I don't need to give you all everything about my life on social media. But if I don't give you something to connect with who it is you're putting trust in and who it is in your team leads and who it is you're putting your trust for God in through this church, you won't have any value. And so that's what builds the integrity and the trust is you seeing that what we do here is the same as what we do at our house. And what we do, what we do when we serve here is the same as what we do at the gas station. It's on and on. And, and, and everybody has problems. I, I get mad in the car sometimes. I mean, everybody has issues. I'm not saying you got to be perfect. But what you want is a consistent pattern to what you're proclaiming to people. And it will move them in a way that they've never felt. It's powerful. It don't take a lot of big gestures. It takes little seeds, one seed, small gestures. And it takes time. You have to trust the process that being, doing the right thing takes time. It takes a lot longer to do the right thing than do the, do the wrong thing sometimes. It's a, it's a lot easier to just go buy it on Amazon than to make it yourself. It's a lot easier to just go conform to what somebody wants you to do than to say, oh, that's okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pass, but maybe next time and wait for the right thing to do. You have to trust in the process. And when you're impatient like me, if you don't see immediate results, it doesn't mean that things aren't happening. It means th things are rooting. And when things are rooting, they're still happening, but you just can't see them with the naked eye. You know what I'm saying? So when you live in, in, in a life full of integrity, you are planting seed in people. That dance with that girl, I don't know what happened to her. Maybe she, I don't know, maybe something good happened, but you just never know. You plant a seed in somebody and God gives the increase. Trust the process. It's proven. It's proven. It's eternal. It's proven. If it doesn't work right away, it doesn't mean it fails, says my two little ones, Taz and Tazette. Like when we go to the lake and we say we're going to let them tether their tablets. Any, any, any geeks in here know what tethering is? Come on, guys. You know what tethering is? Come on, somebody. Nobody knows what tethering is, really? So I'm a programmer by day, and when you don't have an internet connection, you can, you can, you can tether off somebody else's hotspot on their mobile phone. So our kids, we, 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 we turn on our mobile hotspot on our smartphones in the car, and, and the kids take their tablets, and they join our phone, and they use our data plan. They use up our data to play their tablets while we're driving to the lake. But the problem is, because they don't understand, that as soon as the connection drops, I mean, y'all face this at home if you have kids on tablets. When the connection drops, what happens? All hell breaks loose. I'm being real. The gates of hell open up and the kids say, this thing is junk. Give me a new one, Dad. What kind of pastor are you? My tablet's no good. Ugh, ugh, there's no dick. It's offline, Colton. Oh. Oh, I knew that. I'm fine. Thanks, Dad. 
call him Taz. And now we have Tazette. Thank you, Jesus. We have four kids in the last two, Taz and Tazette. Female. Oh, mom went, in the, mom went in the gas station, guys. She went to get a, a soda or a tea or something. God forbid, and the internet dropped while you're waiting in the car. It's not junk. It just takes a little more time. If you have a little bit of patience, you'll be back online in no time. It's not broke. It's just rooting. It takes time. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm that way with a lot of things. It's just not as funny as the tablet scenario. If I don't see progress fast enough, I have to remind myself, be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day. Jesus wasn't born in a manger and died the next day. It took 33 and a half years. It wasn't ready. See, there was a mission and there's a timeline because if you gain something too fast that you think you want, you might realize you don't want it because you can't support it. Now it feels like stress. And when before it felt like a privilege and now all of a sudden it feels like a burden. I don't know what to do with it because I got it too fast. And God said, I tried to tell you, you weren't ready. So if you keep doing what I said in this season, I will give you what you want in the next season. But until you go full in in this season, you can't handle what's next. We li- Amen. It's good. We can praise for that. How many, how many times has God saved you from that mess? Especially relationships. You know, you can try to hurt. I'm, I'm 22. God, I don't, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a car. I live in my mommy's basement. I got to find somebody to fit the mold. I don't have any kids. I'm going to be an old dad. What do I do? So you rush the process to try to throw someone in the mold of Miss Wright or Mr. Wright. I'm, I'm used to getting in two days from Amazon, so I got to find that person and, and, and be that couple. Got to make it what I want it to be. But God says, that's not the right one for you. That's not the right one for you. And when you rush the process, you're not trusting the process. You're taking over the process. It contaminates what God has purposed to do for you that you asked for. That you asked for. God says, you asked me, this is how I'm going to give it to you. It's through this path. It's just not what you were looking for it to be. And it takes time. It took 33 and a half years for the promise to come to pass and be lifted up in his glory. Trust in the process this morning. Trust in the process. Integrity keeps us doing it God's way. Over and over and over again. Trust the season you're in right now and be joyful. Be grateful. Make the most of it. Make the most of the season you're in because that's what will lead you to the season you desire later. Maybe it's too much right now. You're not ready. Doesn't mean you're disqualified. God sees your potential. He's going to draw it out and he's molding clay so you can fit the season you're asking him to deliver, and he's going to use you in that season too. It just takes time. At One Seed, we say we bring God our best, not average. Like we care about a lot of things. Others may say, what does that matter? Because we think the details matter. And we got another sermon coming in a few weeks called The Finer Things. It's about details, that the details matter. It's the difference between success and failure. Because abstract and vague is easy to understand, but the details is what creates the shift between this working, that working, what worked, what didn't. The details are everything, but it takes time. We bring God our best, not average, in this season we're in, in order to get to the season we want. It's hard to do by yourself. You can't. So you have to be standing on something that's solid, 
You can't build your house on quicksand and expect your house not to sink. You have to stand on Jesus. He is the rock. He is the corner. He is the foundation. And when you stand on Jesus and uphold everything WWJD, you'll feel, you'll feel the difference. You'll see your life shift, just like we're seeing one seed shift because we're doing it with all we got. We're doing it wholeheartedly. And if you all see us outside of church, any of us, it's the same. And so that seed is going to multiply, and it takes time. And we're okay with that because we're going to be ready when it does over and over again. And some of y'all have seen that with the layers our church has, has built in two years. It's so exciting. That gives us hope. That knows God is doing something. Because when we planted this church, the first thing we said, Michelle and I, is if it's not touched by you, God, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it if it's not anointed, God, because we really want to do what you want. We really want people to discover you and their plan you have for them. We want to give them a different look. We want to give them a different look and get rid of religion and give them a relationship with Jesus. And when my relationship of Jesus, I'm built on the rock, my relationships with people will thrive naturally when it's in good, transparent, um, when it's intentional, when it's wholehearted. Beating people as a theologian or religious person doesn't, doesn't translate to a heart. You have to love them in a way that you're honest with them, increase their value, and uphold the integrity because when they see you do it, they think it's okay. Well, they did it. I guess it's okay. Well, PJ did it. I guess it's okay. He wore the weird shoes with the tight pants. I guess I'll do it too. You can if you want. Someone made fun of my pants once. I don't know. They're just pants. I mean, I didn't know I was destroying people's lives with the tight pants, Clint. I mean, they're not that tight. They used to be tighter. I've loosened them now that I'm 41. Everything has to expand. You know, my legs are fatter. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're standing on solid ground when you hold up an, int an integral life with Christ in integrity. And things don't go always as you expect, even when you do the right thing. Even when you dance with the person you didn't want to, and you left the person that you weren't supposed to be with, you'll still get lonely. Well, I'm lonely now, God. Yeah. Stand firm. Wait it out. Keep seeking. You're standing on solid ground. And a house built on solid ground can't fall. It can only go up. Remember what ground you're standing on. When we do it God's way, it will unfold God's way. When we do it our way, it doesn't always end up being God's way. God's way is the best you can hope for. Don't build your life on quicksand. If y'all could stand with me this morning, as we wrap up week two, we don't want to build our life on quicksand. It's about integrity. Integrity keeps us doing it God's way. Time and time again, whether it snows, whether it's sunny, whether we're broke, whether we're balling, where we have it together, where we're a mess, it doesn't matter. Integrity keeps us going God's way, time and time again. My first relationship is to be with Jesus. All other relationships, it's not the same. That's why it sounds selfish, but it's not the same because Christ is your Savior. 
He's your God. And until you recognize the value of having a savior in your life, you're going to treat others and even your children. You're going to instill in them differently the importance of having a savior in your life. I won't, everybody say this together, say, I won't cut corners for God. I will not cut corners for God. When you cut corners, you take a shortcut and you drift off the path from God's will and take a, take a, take a detour. And it don't mean he won't put a hook in your mouth and yank you right back on the path when you say, okay, God, I messed up. But he needs you to step and he will step. It's a two-way relationship. If we could just bow our heads this morning, we're going to close. We're having a little bit of sound issues. But we don't need it because we got Jesus. We've got our voices. When we were in the manger, I'm sure, if I was in the manger, they probably lifted their voices. So we're going to sing that bridge again with no music. We don't need it. Let's do that bridge on, oh, come to the altar. And we're going to go out here praising like that. Because at the end of the day, I don't know if heaven has electricity. Oh, what a Savior, isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is real. Let's sing that one more time. I'll add a harmony. Come on, let's go. Oh, what a Savior is in his clap. Wonderful. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. We bow down, God. Before him, for he Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. If y'all could bow your head, we're going to pray and we're going to close. God, we pray this week that something roots in our heart that was different from yesterday, that we come out better, stronger, that our relationships improve, that we're investing value in others and others are investing in us. And when times don't go how we want and things don't go how we think we should, we're going to stand strong on the rock for Jesus, Lord, because our integrity matters. Because when someone's looking for someone that really cares, they're going to remember and they're going to come back. They're going to call us. They're going to say, you know what? They're there, rain or shine. They mean what they say. And those are the people I long to be around. God, we pray for your protective hand all over all those who are out today, over those that are here in this house, that God have to take time for your, for your church. God, we are so blessed by you, Lord. We thank you for the 21 days that you gave us vision, that you've made us better. And God, we know that this is the year for your church to be exploited in a way it's never been seen in St. Charles County, God. And we give you all the praise and all the honor. And if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, Amen.